0: Hey Jake!
1: Yeah?
0: What's a snake's favorite subject at school? I
1: don't know what.
0: History.
1: I like math.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 159. And I am your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngagedFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This week is a very special week. It's the beginning of a new era. Um, I'll tell you what that means in a minute. But first, I am joined by our managing editor of Board Games. Yes, I promoted her because everything's made up around here. It's Linda. Robel, how are you? Hi, everybody.
2: I'm doing great.
0: Good to hear. How are the renovations going?
2: It's coming along. There is flooring. I can't walk on it right now because the polyurethane is wet, but progress is uh, coming. It's coming right along. Good progress. The question
0: is, is it going to be done in time for me to come to your house and play Anthem for 72 hours with your husband at the end of February?
2: End of February, it should be all set for you.
0: Good. That's really all I care about. Um, So, (laughs) um, Also joining us is a new permanent co-host, and that's both brands of our podcast, and that is Amanda Farrow. How are you, Amanda?
1: I'm doing wonderful. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So this is a new little experiment. I Go figure. I said permanent, and she's like, I don't know if I really want to do this with you all the time. But um, So this is a partnership between my site and yours. Why don't yes. you... Um, introduce yourself to our uh, adoring public and tell us why you're here.
1: Okay, I'm Amanda. Uh, I'm the managing editor of SuperParent.com. Been doing this now. Well, I've been a game journalist now for almost a decade. It'll be a decade next year, I guess. Wow. 2020 will be 10 years as a game journalist. Um, so Steve and I have been friends for about a year now. And I have been angling for a way for us to work together. And for whatever reason, I just can't make it gel with super parents. So I was like, you know what? We need a media partnership of some kind. And I want to work with you. And I love podcasting. So how can we make this work? So Steve invited me onto the podcast. And I'm like, awesome. I love board games. And I love video games. And I love kids and being a parent. And I can do this. This sounds awesome. that's why I'm here.
0: Fair enough. And yeah, it was, she was. She kept trying me to work with her, and I was like, eh, it's you true. can just work with me, um, because ultimately <laughs> I'm I am in charge, um, and it's just easier for me to sign off on bringing more people on, and I knew you wouldn't mind, Linda, because um, it means that I won't ever need to ever even think about asking you to come on a video game podcast, because I know how well that would go.
2: Hey, I did one, <laughs> it wasn't that bad.
0: You did one, you did great. I don't even remember what we talked about, but it was fine. Um, okay, so... Before we get too much further, obviously, Linda's here. We know we're talking about board games. Specifically, we're going to be talking about our favorite games of 2018. Um, I think between the three of us, we played a lot of board games in 2018. So we'll have plenty to talk about. But before we do that, I do want to take a minute to thank you for listening. Uh, We hope the games you've been playing have been great. Um, We do want to make our podcast as interactive as possible. So please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com. Slash EngageFamilyGaming or EngageFamilyGaming.com dot slash Facebook because we're fancy and leave us a message and um, give us your topic ideas, your questions, your concerns, your feedback. I promise you that we will uh, look over all those things. Can't promise we'll take the feedback though because I'm stubborn. Um, so our uh, to- like I said, our topic this week are our board games of 2018. But before we do that, I want to go around the horn as usual. Um, I have not played many board games recently because I have been playing too much Super Smash Brothers. Um, but I do want to talk about a board game-ish thing, and that is that I got the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica Dungeons & Dragons book, and I feel like the biggest dork on Earth right now, and I'm so happy. <laughs> do you know that this is a thing, Amanda? I know you know it is a thing. Are you? Do you know what this thing is?
1: I mean, not. I mean, like I do, and I don't. I don't know what it means to you.
0: Okay. So for those that do not know what it is, the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. This is this, this is how dorky this is, right? And I mean this in the most loving way. You know that i said it about myself. It is a Dungeons and Dragons source book about a world that Magic the Gathering sets are set in. That's actually a grammatically correct sentence. It's really awkward. Um, I feel like Amanda is editing me right now. Um, So, okay, good. I'm off the clock. You're off the clock, okay. Just wait until tomorrow. I'll get a message on Discord. Um, So... Ravnica is a uh, its a world in the Magic the Gathering universe. It's their most popular one. Every time they go back to that world and release a set there, everybody gets super excited. There's a bunch of reasons why. We'll talk about it in card game content down the road because I don't want to put uh, Amanda and Linda to sleep. Um, but <laughs> it's a very big deal. And for a while, they were actually putting out free PDFs to go along oh. with sets. So they were putting out, you know, there was one for Kaladesh. And it was super... They were. They were cool. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yes. They were doing it for a while. Uh, They did one for Kaladesh. They did one for the horror one. Um, Can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, which is really kind of sad. And I think it makes total sense that the first time they would put it in a hardcover book and charge people money for it is Ravnica. Because um dorks like me will buy it um the good news is
1: (laughs) um they
0: they know I mean listen they know how to get money from dorks they've been doing it a long time um (laughs)
1: sure they keep taking my money too yeah
0: exactly (laughs) um so the cool thing about Ravnica is it's all built around guilds which are based you know we all know what guilds are but all of them are super thematic and really interesting so this book has the you know statistics for the big-named NPCs in, that, in those guilds, and how to be a member of that guild. And um, I thought it was gonna be a whole bunch of tables and a whole bunch of charts of this is what this particular class would be in that, and it's really not. It's a lot more just role-playing guidelines and storytelling tools, which as someone who is moving from you know being a traditional Dungeons & Dragons player into the modern world of tabletop games, Storytelling is far more important than statistics, and I really was kind of interested to find that they took stuff from a like a card game, which is really statistics and chunky, and you know, and gave us story to to tell, which is really interesting. Um, It's not super cheap, um, but it's a really good book. If you if you play Magic and you play Dungeons and Dragons. You probably already bought this if you somehow didn't know this exists. It's on Amazon right now. It's like $30. And it is worth a read. That's not bad. It's really not bad. Um, the art is also really awesome. So even if you really just like wacky fantasy art, it's probably worth it <laughs> maybe when it's on sale later on.
1: Even so, if you like tangentially Magic the Gathering or Dungeons & Dragons related things.
0: I, I, yeah, I mean... I don't know if you have zero interest. Like if I'm literally putting you to sleep right now, maybe it's not worth your money. <laughs> but down the road, it's certainly interesting. And Linda, you can just borrow mine. It's fine. You can look at don't it me. if you want to see fancy. If you want to see wacky fantasy art. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that I guess that is the the um, board game stuff I have been doing. It's spoiler season for the next Magic set, so I've been dealing with that too. So. I know that you two have played a lot of board games. Um, Amanda, you're the, the new person on the block. Why don't you tell us about a game?
1: OK, I've been playing a lot of games because that's what I do. Um, so my, my big thing that I've been playing lately with the kids is we started playing kids on bikes. It's their first RPG. They've never played a role playing game before. And my kids range from 6 to 14. So there's a lot to manage in there, I have four kids, so it's a lot. And they're all enamored with the storytelling because it's wholly collaborative. You sit down, you define the world together, you define the characters together, you roll to figure out your relationships with one another because it's the backbone of Kids on Bikes because you're zooming around your little town, like small town USA. And you're solving mysteries together. So we haven't played our first session yet, but we went and we did all of our world building together a couple of weeks ago. And it was just, oh, it was so satisfying. It was so much fun to engage my children's creativity like that. I had, It was a blast. I can't wait to go back and play another, play another, play like our first official session of Kids on Bikes.
0: So Kids on Bikes is Goonies slash it slash Stranger Things. Strange, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're in like a more modern setting because the kids probably don't have the context to go back to like the late 80s and the early 90s, which is where I would have wanted it to be set. But they're like, we're not dependent on technology or whatever. That's the that's kind of the core tenet of kids on bikes is that nothing travels or, like, very little travels by technology. It's all word of mouth. It's a small town. There are rumors. There are things that you need to consider when you're talking to people, like what's their relationship with other people and things like that. So that kind of creativity and getting the kids involved in the world building is just so satisfying. I've I've just, oh, man, just thinking about it makes me smile. (laughs) That
0: sounds awesome. I mean, the only other role-playing game that I've ever played where... Um, like the players really got involved in the like the the relationship building and all that the really the only game I ever played like that was a it was a tabletop role playing game where everyone is professional wrestlers.
1: Oh my goodness that sounds like fun
0: oh it's just absolutely insane, but you really need to bonkers. play it with you need to play it with people who are all in. <laughs> Um, because, the, awesome. you know, like, you have to decide, are you a heel, are you a face, and all that. And so it's, and you have to decide, like, your relationship, and then the the dungeon master is booking pay-per-views, and that's oh, what they're that's doing, hilarious. and it's insane. Linda's just rolling her eyes at me, like, that sounds, a tabletop role-playing about pro wrestling, huh, Steve? That's, like, the most you thing there has ever been, and at I least don't want it's not. No, it's definitely it's its own system. It's got its own <laughs> stuff. It's crazy. Um wow. I, I played it with the game. I, I played it with the uh, games with Jobs Crew uh, when I went to uh, Rabbit Con a few years ago.
1: Um, oh, cool!
0: And it was insane because some that of the people boring. like really get into it. Um, and man, it was. I was at a disadvantage because I didn't know any of them as well as they knew each other. Like mm-hmm. so, man, it was crazy. But anyway, so. Um, so you, so the world, so like the world building was as much a game as actually playing it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what it. That's that's kids on bikes in a nutshell. The world building is as much a part of the part of the experience as anything else. Like there's a whole, there's a big chunk of the sec of the book that's dedicated just to hey, this is how you roll on a relationship table, and there are three tables that you roll on. So you either know a character or you don't and you either have a positive relationship with them or a negative relationship with them if you do. So you roll on this table and then you just ask each other questions based on that role. So it's neat. It's super cool. Somebody can have a positive relationship with a character and that character can have a negative perspective of them. And you know, it's it's really, it's an enriching conversation about what goes into creating a good story.
0: That sounds so, awesome.
1: Yeah, like starting no mechanics, nothing like that. We're just we're just going to we're just going to get on our bikes and we're going to go. I'm pretty excited about the whole thing.
0: So it's wholly collaborative meaning there's no like Dungeon Master or storyteller?
1: I mean, I'm going to be the one that's like keeping things moving along. I set the tone, I set the pace. You know, I'm sort of like ferrying them through if they get stuck. But more along it's but it's more along the lines of I set the the goal, like, "Hey, this thing happens. What are you going to do?" How are you gonna handle this? How is your character gonna handle this? You know, the funny sidekick. What is the funny sidekick gonna do? That's Vivian's character, of course, my youngest daughter. <laughs> She's sounds a, kind of last clown.
0: Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> ha, 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 ha,
0: ha. That's why we're best so, friends. Yeah. Um, it's true. It's so, true. Um, so that's Kids on Bikes, and this is this, on- this is a tabletop role-playing game that you can get in with very low investment because it's just one book. Correct.
1: It is. And it's really, it's relatively thin too. Like, I, I mean, you guys can't see it, but it's back there and it's this tiny little book. It's tiny. Um, it's maybe like 150 pages. Like it's not much at all. Whereas Overlight, on the other hand, is like hundreds of pages and it's this enormous tome of rpg that I am too intimidated to dive into right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yay, tabletop role-playing games on Kickstarter. Um, overlight is insane. I'll tell you about it offline, Linda. Um, it's just absolutely freaking bonkers. Um, I regret not buying it on Kickstarter, but what are you going to do? Um, I was on hiatus from Kickstarter. Uh, it was a forced hiatus. and The general made it very clear um, that it was not a good idea. Um, and I follow orders... It. I follow orders. So, yeah, Linda. you gotta. Linda, yes, I do. Yes. I do. Um, Linda, what have you been playing? I know you've been playing the renovation game. Um, yes. And everyone should be following you on Instagram <laughs> to get updates because they're riveting. Um, but, uh, so tell me, what games have you found a chance to play?
2: So over, we've had quite a hiatus since I was on last. So there's been quite a few, but the most recent one that proves to me that my gaming influence is starting to affect the wider family, is my mother-in-law found a game, at, it was either TJ Maxx or Marshalls, and she came to Sunday dinner and it's like, can we play a game? Yep. And she brings a game called Man Bites Dog.
1: And okay. all it is,
2: it's a really, really simple party game, and it's each card has just one word on it. And you're okay. dealt out five cards, you get one chance to trade cards, and you're building a headline. That's all it is and the other players can if it doesn't make sense they can challenge it and you get points, there's points at the bottom of the card you play to 500, that's it super simple, we sat around the table after dinner and played and just were laughing hysterically at some of the headlines
0: this sounds like like something I want to play with a bunch of gaming journalists Um, just (laughs) um,
1: just get a few drinks in us first
0: yeah, well, I mean, we would def- Yeah, people would definitely have to be drunk. Um, so, um, and so you're. So I, it does not surprise me that your. This was your mother-in-law. Yes. Yeah, it does not surprise me that you uh, that that you know that the gaming bug has been infectious in that direction. Um, call me when when your mom brings a you know a bunch of board games to your house. Um, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, watch her go do that. Um, So the um, that was that that wasn't intended to be rude, but then again, the last time she saw me, I think she was gonna shoot me, literally.
2: Well, you did Um, just walk in my house. I
0: totally, I totally (laughs) barred. I walk into uh, Amanda. So the story is, I walk into Linda and John's house without knocking.
1: Oh,
0: Um, I just open the door and I say, "Hey guys, how's it going? Are you there?" And I did. And I thought, like, normally I'll, like, open it and, like, peek my head in and be like, hey, is anybody home? And um, I thought I heard John, her husband, say yes. And it turns out I didn't. I heard, like, rumblings from the other room. So I just walked in to the living room to find her, um, her mother uh, and the boys. And she hadn't seen me in years. Um, oh. And I look different now than I did because I'm, you know much bigger um, and um, she I'm pretty sure she was going to call the police um,
2: pretty much if you hadn't identified yourself quickly and yes or she would have thrown something at you she definitely
0: would like because I just walked I right into the living room I
1: appreciate that feistiness
0: listen I don't Un, I'm not unappreciative of it. I I understand it completely. I'm just glad that her husband came downstairs relatively quickly. It was like, oh hey, or and also her sons were like, hey, it's Uncle Dude, yay, because she was very uncomfortable for a minute. Um, so um, so I don't mean that rudely, but she does. She's not the board game type.
2: No, she thought Evolution Beginning was really hard.
0: Evolution. I mean, I mean it's. It's not hard, but I'm going to give her the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Um, so, but, so that's man bites dog. Yes. And is that one of the? Is that part of like the target line of, um, bo- or, no, or what?
2: That one. Um, that one is actually. I even was looking on Amazon. It's not one that is easily found on Amazon for a relatively reasonable price. Yeah. Um, but it's one. She again, my mother-in-law found it. It was either TJ Maxx or Marshall. She couldn't remember which one. Oh, so it's um, just around – it's just around. Um, Universal Games is a publisher. Um, it's not one that I had heard of before, but it was a cute little game. So it's one of those if you come stumble upon it, it it's worth picking up for a couple bucks. It's worth a laugh. Something light and easy. So yeah, I that's think so. the light and easy one as of late. Um, did you want us to do any more? Because I've got I uh, yeah, played a bunch over Christmas. I but would like the two
0: of you because t- I have yeah. done none because I played too much Smash Brothers. Also, <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles Four. Finally. That's also um, fair. Yeah, so, um, and that may as well be a board game. Uh, why don't you each do one more? So, um, Amanda, what else have you been playing?
1: Uh, we ended up playing a couple of different things over the, the holidays. We got we got some time in with 13 Clues, because it's new to us. I know it came out in 2016, but we didn't, for whatever reason, we didn't pick it up from Simon until relatively recently. And it's one of few, like social deduction games that i actually like i have trouble with social deduction games my empathy is like way off the charts so i like lying to me it hurts <laughs> so i'm not good at social deduction games that require lies um because it physically hurts me but i love 13 clues because it's all about figuring out what's in front of you right like you've got these cards that are behind your screen and you're trying to figure out like who done it and yeah. who's the murderer and that, that you know that murdered your person or whatever. That's those are your clues. So it was it was a ton of fun. I played it a few times with the family and we played it with the kids and we played it with all the adults and it was a ton of fun. So that was awesome. that was definitely a highlight for me. Because it's one of those deduction games that doesn't squick me. So I marked that as like, yes, this is now a favorite game of mine.
0: <laughs> um fair, fair. So so with your um empathy being off the charts does that make you like super good at like dixit and mysterium because you're just like in touch with people
1: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm really good at mysterium
0: (laughs) so did you steal your so you stole my mysterium skill because i'm terrible at it so i think somehow you just reached into my subconscious and you took it
1: it's kind of like my
0: wife stole my sense of smell you stole my ability to play mysterium um
1: we all gotta make sacrifices yeah
0: On the bright side,
1: though, you'd probably be way better at Secret Hitler than I am, because I'm very bad at Secret Hitler.
0: No, I'm. Oh, I'm a terrible liar.
1: I'm so bad at it. I am, and I crack under pressure. That's how you always know I'm I'm an honest person. You just crack under the pressure if I'm not being. I can't even
0: play Sheriff of Nottingham. I can't. I can't do it. Um. (laughs) My entire strategy in Sheriff Nottingham is I always tell the truth, except for once per game.
1: Yeah, it's generally my strategy, and
0: it, it's won me a couple times. Linda's Linda was there once when I won, right? Did we play nope. Sheriff Nottingham? Nope.
2: No. I, you, <laughs> nope. You you have not had me do any of those lying games because I am horrible as well. Yeah. So we're all terrible at lying. Games. We are all terrible liars. So we're
0: terrible. No, yes, that's one I
2: have not. I have not played that yet.
0: Okay, so thirteen clues. Um, I have heard of that. Is it really? Is it? It's really Seaman? Like that's how we say that. Is that like actually how it's supposed to be pronounced, or is that just how you guys do it? That's I, just
1: how we do it. Okay, because it's supposed to be cool, mini or not, right? That's yeah. what it used to be. I remember like when I when I was younger because I used to paint Warhammer back in the day because I am a super dork. I played Warhammer forty k for like fifteen years, and then I became a parent, and I'm like. I can't do this anymore. It's too expensive. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. So, yeah. So I used to submit my, like, my painted minis to Cool Mini or Not all the time. My brother and I both would. So that's how I know Simon, because that's what we used to say. It was just Simon.
0: Okay. I mean, I'll I, I, listen, maybe when I'm at Toy Fair, I'll ask them. Like, I think how, that's a great idea. Like, how the heck do you say this? How do you
1: say this? Is it, Um. come on?
0: Come on! I don't know. I, I always thought that it was just it cool when like, you're not. I'm here. <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was cool when you're not. Also, in defense of the dork thing, you know, Linda and I LARP, right? So like,
1: that's like we
0: we like we challenge the the the, the dork spectrum. I'm an, um,
1: I'm an S am an XSEA
0: dork. Oh so. yeah, we don't do that because that's that's crazy. Um, that's
1: expensive. It's, ultra
0: dorky. I mean, ultra ultra expensive, <laughs> but also like anywhere like headshots with wooden weapons are encouraged, I'm out. I can't. I can't.
2: <laughs> I just do um, the sewing. It's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah it's just... It's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, so so that's 13 Clues from Simon. apparently. Clues. Linda, what else have you been playing?
2: So I have a new game that I got in from a Kickstarter I backed that we brought to the table a few times, and it is a seasonal game called Christmas Lights. Ooh. So this is a... Really cute little game. Um, again, relatively light, but there's a lot more strategy embedded. It's a Hanabi-style game, so cards face away from you, so you don't know what's in your hand.
0: Is it and crappy like Hanabi, though?
2: I have not yet played Hanabi, so I cannot uh, compare it. But Hanabi I like this game. not a good game. No? <laughs> I actually wow. have it sitting in my cabinet I got from a Yankee swap last year. So it may we may give it a try soon, but we'll see. Maybe you guys um, but, will like it.
0: Anyway, go ahead. I don't know.
2: I like Christmas lights, and if it's the same mechanic, I might actually like Hanabi. Okay. But um, you're basically trying to build strings of Christmas lights. So you okay. get a card. Um, you draw a card that has a color pattern on it, and you have to build that pattern in order. And again, you can't see your cards, so you're gaining information because you're taking cards from other players. Sounds and there's like Hanabi. <laughs> it, it probably is a very similar mechanic. Um, so we played it a couple times um, with different... Um, gaming friends, and everybody really liked it. It was really simple. It only took us a little, a little bit to learn um, the very first time we played, and um, just a nice light little game. Um, and the cool thing we have not explored this yet. They had, they made 11 different other mini games you can play with the same cards. So if you don't like the Hanabi style, there's other things that you can play using the oh, same deck of neat. cards. I but love it. We I haven't. W-
0: I love it when Kickstarters do that, where it's like, here, that's
1: really here's, this,
0: exactly, here's this pile of stuff. Here's all
1: um, the stuff you can play Here's with things it, right? you can
0: do with it. Um, I love it. Um, also, I mean, that's skill from a design standpoint. Like, you got to know your stuff to be able to take the same pile of components and make that many different games of it um, that are worth putting out. You know what I mean? I mean, I could make whatever I want with a pile of stuff, but I'm terrible at making games. That's why I'm a critic. So, um... I mean, yeah, same. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, you know, I I I try to not be negative about games. Um, I really do try to be somewhat positive. But Hanabi is a game that like it evokes like a like of just a just it evokes something from me. It brings like the deep dark part of my soul out. I don't know. Well, I do know why. It's the first. It's the, the first time I was. Anyone ever tried to teach me? It was Kelly, she who needs no title, um, and her husband and some of their gaming friends trying to teach me at the um, in the free play area at PAX East. So it was just noise. So
1: that's that's utter madness.
0: Learning Hanabi in a um, learning Hanabi as me personally. In the beehive that is ADD. the Pax East free-to-play table.
1: ADD.
0: Yeah, and I have ADD. Thank you, Evan. Go away. Um, so
1: there's some shade for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I come. He, listen, he come. He, he caught it from me. So, um, so the yeah, it was literally my own personal hell. So, like, much love to R and R Games. All their other stuff is great for the most part. Man, Hanabi just makes me angry And I've tried since then <laughs> And it's just I can't get past it um, It's like my experience With One Direction I just can't You know I just can't <laughs> like. I, I try I just can't do it It's uh, it's, I'm, it's sync for life for me It's just what it is um, So um, So those are some great games Right? So what do we do? We talked about I talked about Some Dungeons and Dragons stuff The Guildmasters Guide to Ravnica We talked about Kids on Bikes and uh, 13 Clues and then Linda uh, talked about Man Bites Dog, which by the way I really am a fan of that title for a game now that we know what it is Um, Out of context, I think both Amanda and I were very confused, Um, but now we get it Understandable And Christmas Lights, which is the result of a really a a very well done Kickstarter actually, when they did that uh, mid-year last year Um, They were very, it was very cool. So I think that's a pretty good little stack of games. We have successfully gone around the horn, ladies. Um, So why don't we take a break and then we will come back and uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite board games of 2018, shall we?
2: Hooray! That's great.
0: All right. So, folks, we'll be back in just a few minutes, probably less than that. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 159 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with Linda. I'm still here with Amanda. And we are still talking about board games. Um so yeah, we bef- are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And before the break, we went around the horn. Um, but now, uh, we're going to celebrate 2018. Because 2018 was a great year for board games. Um and uh, we're gonna share some of because obviously we couldn't go off on every good game from last year. We would be doing it
1: so many. Yes,
0: it'd be so many. This would be like, it would be like the giant bombcast, only just three of us. Um, <laughs> um, that's inside baseball. I'll explain it in a second. So, um, but the three of us are we're gonna share some of our cool experiences um, with board games, and um, yeah. So before we get to board games, though. Amanda, you weren't here last week, so you didn't get a chance to talk about your video games of the year. You, I know your family video game of the year. Can you share it with us? Because I yes. love it. And yes. I just want to give my, them more opportunities for you to give them props. I know this is off topic. I, Linda, you can take a nap if you need to. All
1: right, good. Oh my goodness, I love this game so much. I love these developers so much. I met them at the Game Developers Conference uh, last year for the other site that I managed, which is gamedaily.biz. Um, but this, this game is called The Adventure Pals, and it is this adorable, cheeky little platformer game that's all animated and drawn, and it's this little kid that's trying to rescue his dad from Dr. Dr. B, who rides on a bee, and he turns everybody into hot dogs. <laughs> and you have your giraffe who lives in your backpack, and its name is Sparkles and your best friends, and you make friends with everybody on the road, like a whale that is looking to feel good about himself, and he wants to wear a swimsuit, so you find him swimsuit bottoms, so he can feel good about his body. So it's like, I mean, it's the most bonkers, wacky game I think I have ever played, mm-hmm. and I think it might have unseated Banjo-Kazooie for me in terms of platformers with personality. So I absolutely love the Adventure Pals. It was definitely my family-friendly game of the year last year.
0: Um, We have a review of that uh, game up on EngageFamilyGaming.com. So if you're interested in seeing more of that, you can certainly read that. I loved it. Um, uh, Megan is currently playing it. Um, Well, not not currently because it's late and she's asleep, but currently that's what she's playing through. Uh, Linda, just for illustration, at one point you get the ability to hover from place to place, and the way you do that is your giraffe friend sticks his head up in the air and uses his tongue like a propeller. That's how stupid this game is. It's really dumb. It
2: sounds so cute, though. It sounds like my boys would love it. Oh, they absolutely would. Because it is that level of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's a total dream.
1: And the writing is so cheeky. It's still kid-friendly, but it's very cheeky because it kind of throws in those pop culture references where you're like, I understood that reference.
0: Yeah. You know who else would really like this game, Linda? Your husband. You know why? Because your husband likes really stupid stuff. Um, No, I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, you can't... You chose him. You chose him. As he likes Uh, to
2: say, I said yes twice.
0: You did. You said yes twice, so you're stuck. Um, I wasn't there, but I, I have it on good authority that he did, in fact, say it. Um, and I really only wasn't there because I missed you guys. We missed your wedding by like a month or two. Um,
2: something like that.
0: Um, okay. So, um, that was slightly off topic, but Amanda's when I read your, um, your thing on mega dads, I was like, well, I have to have you talk about it. So, um, okay. Board games of the year. Here's how we'll do it. We're not doing it in any order or anything like that. Um, the, the reason I made the Giant Bombcast reference, Linda, is that there's a website called Giant Bomb and they do a Game of the Year thing where they get all of them and there's a lot of them. Um, and they just sit in a room and they basically spent an entire workday recording a podcast and I don't think they edited anything out.
1: They just never all t- had
2: it.
0: It was all top ten lists, a bunch of grown men and some women just cursing at each other about their top ten lists. and A lot of shouting. It's super entertaining if you're into that. So you would hate it, Linda. It's not your yep. thing. Um, it's <laughs>
1: Not my thing at all.
0: It's really not mine either, only because it's too long. Um,
1: very shouty. I don't like shouty things. I'm a very no. gentle Canadian. Yeah. So.
0: They didn't apologize nearly enough. And NHL was not. not. They, and, they and did not. They
1: interrupted. Yeah,
0: exactly. And NHL 18, not on any of their top ten lists.
1: That's fair. It wasn't a very good game. So that's oh, the only sports game I ever really play. I well, only cause... ever play sports puck games. And I only ever watch sports puck yeah. on television.
0: Is sports puck as opposed to sports ball? I see what you did. There.
1: As opposed to sports ball. It has to Is be it played still... on ice.
0: Is it still against the rules though to not call it by its true name? Like aren't you like violating Canadian law by not referring to it as hockey? No. Right. I would
1: be violating Canadian law by being impolite.
0: Alright. Okay. That's they fair. would toss
1: me out of my own country. And also I mean, for not chugging more maple syrup. I mean, that's just how listen, we do in Canada. You
0: say that like, listen, I th- that, I went to a magic tournament once where that was a side event, a maple syrup maple syrup chugging that's contest. It's a thing. It it was not pleasant. I, I watched, it's really I, a watched thing. I watched I watched. No, it's like,
1: legitimately a thing. I don't think that you know this. It is a thing. I'm sh- oh, I know oh it's goodness. a thing. I watched it's it a happen. Celebra- it's a celebratory thing that especially on the east coast, like east coast Canadians do it all the time. I'm from the west coast, so we don't really do that. Because we're, I don't know, we have our own culture. But East Coast Canadians, they do, like, shots of maple syrup. It's it's the most incredible thing. I, I heard it as, um, as a follow-up to when the Toronto Maple Leafs won a significant victory a few years back. They're like, yeah, and everybody did, you know, maple syrup shots. And I'm like, that's the most messed up Canadian thing I've heard in a long time. It's <laughs>
0: super bad. As um... a Canadian. That's fair. Uh, I was at a magic tournament and I saw, and I literally watched five people give themselves diabetes. And I was like, "Whoa!" Because they just—it was just the big bottles, just. Oh. And I was like, "Man," oh. and I told my oldest son about that, and he was like, "Did you do it, Dad?" And I was like, "Listen,
1: listen, I like living."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real. This was, and this was post me being with with the general. She would not have put up with that if I came home and was like, "Yeah." I'm a little, uh, my b- b- belly's upset. I chugged a bottle of maple syrup. I think she would have kicked me out. I think <laughs> she might not anymore. have. Sh- I I would have been sleeping at John and Linda's house that night. Um,
2: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Now, John would let me in. You might not. Um, <laughs> I
2: might
0: not. Okay, it's so, so um, <laughs> okay. all right, so board games. No giant bomb shenanigans. We're just going to kind of go around the room. Um i let amanda go first last time linda what was one of your favorite games of last year let's do like you know two or three each something like that
2: okay so one game that came out um in the second half of last year i think it was the second half uh monster match that was um so such a cute one that's the same people that put out um happy salmon yep and I'm drawing complete blank on uh, the... North Star Games.
0: North Star Games. Um, Thank and you. And this is part of the Happy Planet Initiative.
2: So their Happy Planet game monster match. It's such a cute game for the little ones. Um, and we've talked about this one before. You lay out tiles that have different monsters on them. And they have different uh, numbers of features, different numbers of eyes, different numbers of arms, different numbers of legs. And you have to roll a die, and it tells you there's two dice. One is uh, basically body parts of the monsters. One is how many of that body parts. And then it's a matter of being the first to find one monster with the correct number of attributes that came up on the dice. And it's just super cute little game, um, so accessible from different ages because there's no, no reading except for the number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just so cute. And the little bag that the, the tiles go in is shaped like a monster with a zipper for the mouth. Oh. So it's so cute.
1: That sounds adorable. Oh, it's
0: super cute. I'm amazed yeah, that you did not already own like three copies of it just because it is super cute.
2: Um...
1: I haven't even heard of it. I'm going to have yeah. to get this game. Oh, yeah. it's, it's fantastic. And it's a little,
2: con- it's a small container for the tile. So it's one of those really portable, like bring to a friend's house and the kids can go play. Um,
0: very and I, I, and I ha, we have it on good authority that grown-ups can play this game. Um, it's just very different. Um, speaking of happy beat you Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, it'll be weird. The kids <laughs> definitely oh man, I can't beat kids at this game. Um, and the cool thing is the monsters they're, they're all like they're mug shots of these monsters because they're stealing donuts., um, like, oh, no, it's super cute. Now, it's so
2: cute, and that's how you win is who has the most donuts? We add up the, the number of donuts on all your tiles. Yeah, it's so cute.
0: So it's not, well, that that's the cool. other key, that it's not necessarily about who has the most cards, because, you know, I can have a bunch of cards with only one donut, but there are some cards with four. So it really does give you some, it makes it a little random for the younger kids, which sometimes randomness sure. kind of makes things good for them. Um, but also like, you know. They like as, chaos. Yeah, they like chaos. Um, but then, as they get a little bit older, it does add a little bit of strategy without making it like really thinky. So um, it just means they might pick up and put down cards. Uh, my kids love this game too. I was fortunate enough um, to have a copy sent back, uh, sent home with me from uh, Toy Fair last year. Um, oh,
1: nice.
0: Yeah, you should come to Toy Fair with me. Um,
1: I think I am going to go to Toy Fair. Actually, okay. I have some. I have some people from Ravensburger. I think. They want me to come swing by and check out some of their games well
0: if you happen to go on that saturday then you can come with me and linda um because me and linda uh-huh. are going pending our approval which i've never been denied toy fair so i can't imagine that but you know um you know how that goes oh
1: i know how that goes <sighs> yeah
0: exactly so it's like i'm assuming until uh until they say no the answer is yes. That only works when you're applying for conventions. It doesn't work in any other situation. Um, Okay, so um, now that we got that out of the way, speaking of Happy Planet, I'll go. Um, I'm going to talk about another part of the Happy Planet initiative, and that is Funky Chicken. Um, Here's my question for you, Amanda. Have you ever played Happy Salmon at all?
1: I've never played any of these games. This is the 1st time hearing of them.
0: (laughs) Okay, listen. um, When I come for our business meeting, I'm going to bring Happy Salmon, and I'm going to bring Funky Chicken... And I'm definitely going to bring Monster, uh, Monster Match. I have all three of these things. So here's what Funky Chicken is. I guess in order to know Funky Chicken, you have to know Happy Salmon also. Basically, they are decks of 16 cards. Um, no, more than that. It's 8 per color, right? I think it's 8 per color. Or 6 per color? Something like that. There's
2: four moves. I know there's four moves. I don't remember how many there are of each, but I know there's four different moves to do. I think
0: it's eight per color because it's two of each. And so for Happy Salmon, for example, you're going to have every person gets a different colored deck of eight uh, cards, right? Um, And so for Happy Salmon, there are four different moves that you do. One is essentially a high five. Another one is like a do-si-do where you got to like link arms and like switch spots. Another one is... uh, I can't remember the third one, but it's something... Oh, you spin. You stand up and you have to spin around. And the last one is Happy Salmon, where you're like going for the high five, but you're actually slapping each other's elbows. And you do that a bunch of times because that's what (laughs) salmon are like. Um, And the idea is you're dealing through your cards... And you need to find a partner at the table who also has that card that they are trying to do. So it's like, oh, we're going to high five. High five.
1: Okay. And then if you do that,
0: you both discard your card. Then you play it out. And so it's a lesson in patience because obviously (laughs) if you say, okay, happy salmon and nobody has it, you can put it to the bottom of your deck. And do the next one, but if you happen to do that and put it behind, and somebody else does the same thing a few seconds later, and you don't match up, then so be it. That's like the the test. It's a patience test. It's really fun for kids. Um, it's also really stupid. And the idea of the game is to just make you be dumb because everyone laughs and smiles because it's fun. If you go because to, it's ridiculous. If you go to the North Star Games booth at PAX Unplugged or Toy Fair, or probably not Toy Fair because it's kind of stuffy. But like at any fan show, you're gonna mm-hmm. see them demoing the game, and it's all just gonna be wild people, often cosplaying, just being absolutely crazy. So just imagine the cast of Overwatch playing this really stupid game. Funky Chicken is the same game. The difference is, um, it's four different moves. Okay. Um, so one of them is get funky, you know, like the Funky Chicken. <laughs> like um, funky Chicken. And it goes from there. Like it's really meant to just be a different. Basically, it's all the moves that were different. They were. They thought about making an expansion to Happy Salmon, uh, but then they found out that you couldn't really do that because it makes it too long. We actually tested this for them. Uh, we did them a favor, and we actually put the two. We were one of the first groups to put the two games together. To actually show them what the game was like. And it was much too long. It was exhausting as hell. But
2: it was hysterical. But it was
0: absolutely hysterical.
2: Um, there are clips of the video on my Instagram account. There's three videos in a row. There's one of hum- Funky um, Chicken. One of Happy Salmon. And then one of the mashup. And it's, it's absolutely hysterical. So. And we were
0: so exhausted. Uh, yes. But again, the mission of these, of these Happy Planet games, and that includes Monster Mash, Funky Chicken, and Happy Salmon, is they're all intended to just make you smile. Um, and they're meant to be accessible and simple. And you're supposed to be able to bust them out anywhere. Everyone understands what they are. And it's absolutely true. Um, I have never played a Happy Planet game um, and not been happy at the end of it. Um, it also does not help. And it really does. It lightens just about any mood. Um, the other good news is these are cheap. The cards are very well constructed. Like, they are meant to take a beating. And frankly, even if they get destroyed, the games are less than $10 on Amazon. Um, and they all come in a little cloth bag, with, and the cards stick in the bag. So obviously the first one is shaped like a fish.
1: Mm-hmm. The next
0: one is shaped like a chicken with sunglasses. Because it's funky. And the Monster Match is in the shape like a monster. Um, I mean, those are... The, the, that collection... Happy Salmon came out a couple of years ago. It's been, it was like their first product in the line before they even really named it. But those three are definitely one of my favorite uh, games of this year just because, man, did we need an excuse to just get stupid and happy in 2018. Um, so that's my... So Funky Chicken, that is my... Um, First, meant it's it's not my game of the year or anything crazy like that, but it's definitely the first game that I wanted to mention as part of my best games of 2018. Amanda, what's one of the best board games that you played this year? Because I know you played a ton because I follow you on Twitter and you talk about yeah. it a lot.
1: <laughs> I talk about board games a lot on Twitter, like so much. Um, so I think that one of one of my favorite games from last year was Cat Lady, and it's, it's not like my it's not my board game game of year or anything like that. But Cat Lady, I ended up playing after we picked it up from the AEG booth at PAX Unplugged. And it is this game where you have to be the craziest cat lady. You have to collect cats, and you have to make sure that your cats are all fed. And you have this this board lined up of, you know, just you deal out all of these cards, and you have different cards depending on whether or not you have two players playing or three or four. Mm-hmm. And you have to have the most awesome cats. They have to be, you know, they, there are a certain number of points and you lose points if you don't have all your cats fed. And I'm not a cat lady in the sense that I have two dogs. So I don't really like cats in real life. They usually scratch me and not like me all that much. But I love Cat Lady. Cause it is a hysterical good time while you're talking about all of these cat names like Marmalade and Bartholomew.
0: I, I think Bartholomew is a perfect name for a cat.
1: Bartholomew. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> then she you have, she like, Bartholomew's cat. Exactly. Perfect. There we go. I do a lot of puns. These are the puns. You guys are going to have to deal with this a lot. I'm sorry in advance, but also I'm not sorry at all.
0: <laughs> I am mad.
1: Awesome. So, yeah, Cat Lady was a favorite game of mine from last year. I think I played it, like, Seven or eight times in a row, I could not get enough of this game. I'm like, let's go again.
0: <laughs> sure, let me. I'm looking it up right now on the Amazon's.
1: It's not that expensive. I think it's under. I think it's under twenty.
0: Um, I am. I'm confirming that. I think so too. Because uh, I think I've seen it before. Um, Cat Lady. Um, is twenty two seventy five. So it may as well be. Um,
1: under twenty five.
0: It's under twenty five. I mean, listen. It's all kind of the same. Um, sure. Yeah, you know, once you're once you're under twenty five bucks, they're all pretty inexpensive. Um, I love the art on this. Um, it
1: is super cute.
0: Um, the Amazon thing shows us a uh, Sir Cuddle Face is uh, one of the cats. Um, yes. You know we might end up getting this for uh, my daughter uh, at some point because she. Desperately wants a cat, so maybe this will just be the closest that she'll ever get to that until she's grown. Aww. Until she's grown. Um, My wife, the general, is violently cat uh, allergic, so if we brought a cat into this house, my wife would likely have to leave.
1: That would be very bad.
0: I I like her at least a little and would prefer that she not leave um, because I don't know what I would They're... eat. Um. <laughs> And that's important to me. Um, okay, so um, so round one complete. Monster Mash, Funky Chicken. So literally two-thirds of the Happy Planet line and Cat Lady. Um, Linda, what do you got that's maybe a little bit more crunchy for us? You play something, you know. Do you know what that means?
2: Yeah, I, I know <laughs> crunchy. You're talking to the wrong person if you want crunchy. Um, so for things from that were actually published in 2018 didn't have a lot of crunchy games um there's one that was definitely a harder game than it looked um there's a game that um i did a review for fairly recently called tournament of towers Yep. and that's a dexterity game so you were literally drafting cards with the different components these plastic Mm -hmm. components on them and then you have to build in that order that you um lay out your cards and it's really hard to build a tower they purposely have made them not very stable pieces.
0: So it's kind of like junk art, only like different, like just different, with like a card aspect to it. Did you ever play junk art, Amanda?
1: No, I haven't.
0: But you've seen it on like Instagram, you know what I'm. I have, to. yeah. Um, I know you enjoyed turn minutes towers, um, quite a bit. Um, so it's so they deliberately made the pieces obnoxious to make towers out of.
2: So there's two different kinds of pieces. There's the gray pieces that are supposed to represent stone, and those are a little easier to build. They all have flat edges, at least on oh. a couple sides, two sides. Yeah. Um, and then there's gold pieces, so the pieces are yellow, and they're worth more points, but they are completely irregular. A lot of them are rounded edges. But the nice thing is with the tower, it doesn't have to be just building straight up. You can fit things in between. Um, you get an additional, additional points for having the tallest tower, but if your is not gonna stand up, you're not gonna get any points. So it's okay to build a shorter tower and nestle things in. Um, what's really nice is they suggest a bunch of different variants because we tried playing it by standard rules and my six year old got super frustrated because he did not have the dexterity to build that many pieces and have it stand up independently. Mm-hmm. So we went with the, there's a variant with, where you basically do half of the number of pieces and then he felt more comfortable it was more manageable so i like that they built in a bunch of ways to scale it up and make it harder and to scale it down and make it more accessible for um especially for the young ones with that have more issues with fine motor and dexterity
0: sure sure um
2: really cool pieces
0: yeah i mean listen. yeah i'm looking at the amazon listing right now and there's definitely some cool stuff um and you're right some of these Some of these yellow pieces are just really, really stupid looking. It's like somebody was just playing around with a 3D printer and was like, check out the shenanigans we can put in this tower game. Um, That
2: sounds like something I'd do. Yes, I do think a lot of them are actual legitimate architectural pieces, and they all have, like, formal-sounding names. Um, I can't say for fact that they are actually, like, not made up from somebody's head just for the game, but, I mean, they do at least seem, like, more official. Um, And there's one cool variant... And I have not tried it because my dexterity is not that good. There's a challenge to use every single piece in the game and build one tower, but it has to fit on like a four by three square. Whoa! And people nice. have done it. There are pictures out there, but I am not willing to uh, try that at this point.
0: Wow! Yeah, I bet you that there's some there's some there's some people on Reddit trying to figure that out right now. Like, 100% um so this one is currently on uh the amazon this is a little bit pricier than some of the other ones we talked about at 69.99 with that said there's a lot of freaking plastic in this um so if you like dexterity games you really like the idea of you know tower building etc um this is worth a look um especially if you guys are you know if your family's competitive in this way um also um Even if your kids are a little young and you think maybe they'll want to do it, um, if you want to play, get it and just let them play with it. Because at the end of the day, like I say, folks, once you buy it, it's your box of junk. Do with it what you please. Um, And there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Um, So that's Tournament of Towers by Iron Hippo Games. It's really just an unfortunate name for a company, I think. Um, But hey, they can do as they please. Um,
1: Amanda, what else you got? Oh, man, I have so much. I have so many things. So, it depends. Are we staying primarily with only, like, little kid-friendly games? Or can I talk about teen-friendly games?
0: Teenagers are part of the family, too. Um... They super
1: are. So, one of the games that I ended up playing last year that I absolutely adored uh, was the new version of Arkham Horror. The third edition of Arkham Horror came out. And let me see if I can it up because we did a review on Super Parent. you did we did we did Arkham Horror on Super Parent. it was just a ton of fun and what I love about the new edition of Arkham Horror is that it takes everything that was terrible about Arkham Horror and there was a lot of bad stuff about Arkham Horror from both the second and the first edition I've only ever played the first edition but a lot of it just doesn't work it takes too long to play it's really finicky with its rule set, and it's very, like, Fantasy Flight. You guys know what I mean by, like, the Fantasy Flight, like, very fiddly rules, and it takes for bloody ever. So, third edition. good.
0: I said I do know. I'm not sure that, that Linda doesn't normally do the heavier stuff. That's, yours okay. usually, that's usually my job. Basically, if it's Fantasy Flight, I really kind of don't even tell Linda about it. <laughs> And I'm,
1: well and we I, have a lot of fantasy play games in our house
0: It's because y'all are a bunch of big dorks
1: we are a bunch of big dorks it's very true but you also should y'all see our are a bunch
0: games. of oh i i want to see it. i'm gonna see it when i come down for a business trip it's very um, true
1: so third edition of arkham horror mm-hmm. um it's completely reimagined the 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 actual layout of the of the board And it's now modular so that you can change it up. The original board for Arkham Horror was just you fold it out. You can add like Innsmouth to it if you want to. Um, And there's a couple of other things that you can add in terms of add-ons. But it just kind of makes the board bigger and bulkier. And it makes everything more complicated and annoying. But third edition, you just modularly put stuff on. And it kind of reminds me of pandemic in the sense that when a gate opens, it's it's like when a when a when an outbreak happens in pandemic, it kind of just like balloons out and it mm-hmm. spreads out, and you end up with like way more baddies than you originally intended, and it keeps things really interesting. It, it's not it doesn't feel soul crushing all the time. I mean, I know it's H.P. Lovecraft and it's supposed to feel soul crushing, but the the other versions of the game were just really off-putting and the fact that you have scenarios in the third edition of the game that you're working toward and you're trying to close gates and you're trying to work towards like, hey maybe we don't want Azathoth destroying and eating the world again Um, yeah, I mean it it takes a a lot of elements yeah, just a thought, it's fine, I mean everybody loves, you know, having their universe eaten, I guess I mean, I'm not a fan of it Personally, but maybe other people like it. Maybe it's their thing. I don't know. So I, I loved Arkham Horror Third Edition because it just streamlines everything. It makes it really easy and really simple to play. Um, it reminds me of what they did with Mansions of Madness when they made Mansions of Madness an actual game that you want to play as opposed to a game that just kind of eats your attention. If you catch my drift. So, anyway, I love that. If you're talking about like a meaty game. That is more team friendly than anything else, kind of creepy. I would absolutely recommend Arkham Horror Third Edition. And if you have Second Edition, put it on eBay and go buy the third one because the Second Edition is worthless. It's just not a good game in comparison. That is my hot take. That's, that's a spicy. Fault. I don't know if
0: that's, I mean, is that that spicy? Like, isn't that just a general consensus? General, general, um, the
1: general consensus is the Second Edition is terrible. All right, yeah, <laughs> so, so that's, that's.
0: So, um,. The so that's Arkham Horror. Um, that is also available on the Amazon's. Not a, not super inexpensive either. It's in the sixty dollar range, but um, there's a lot of game there. It's um,
1: a lot of game.
0: Yeah. Um, and again, not, not necessarily for the younger kids. Um, although realistically, it's more thematically scary than it is yeah. actually scary. It's not but like... there's
1: also a lot of reading. So if yeah. you have kids that are just getting into reading and are maybe just beginning at reading, they probably won't have a good time because they have to have somebody play with them. Like my, my daughter V, she wouldn't like it nearly as much because she's pre-reading right now. So...
0: Yeah. It's realistically this is one of those if you're looking for a cooperative game and this interests you and you want to build up to it go to engagefamilygaming.com and go, and uh, search up cooperative games to play with your family and we give you a whole bunch of suggestions um, oh, many. at the very least just go play Pandemic because that's just as dark and way easier So, yeah. um, so but I was you will
1: a- almost be guaranteed to get your butt kicked every time in Pandemic? in Pandemic I always I mean, get just, my butt
0: kicked well get good um
1: okay, I'll allow it. Come
0: on, that was that was that was pretty good. <laughs> That's
1: was that was pretty good. Nice. I'm allowed
0: one get good probably forever. Um, <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about stuff fables. Can I talk about stuff fables? Um, okay, so I will not belabor the point significantly by nature of the fact that I've spoken about stuff fables a lot because I was crazy hype about it before it came out. I was crazy hype about it after I played it. Um, but here's the weird thing, like, we haven't really played it since because it's, we, we're kind of saving it for when uh, our daughter is a little bit more into it, because I think she's the one that's just, it's her and I that are, like, all in on this thing. Um, my, the general just wants to paint the minis. That's um, fair. Um, and, you know, the boys, you know, they're they're down, but they'll play just about anything. But it's really, like, this is Maggie's thing. So have you, are you aware of what Stuffed Fables is, Amanda?
1: Only tangentially, so I haven't played it, but I'm familiar with it.
0: Okay. All right. So I won't explain it to you. Um, So for those listening, brief explanation. It's a role-playing game in a box where uh, you play as stuffed toys, uh, defending a young girl um, because it's her first night in a big girl bed, and the magical magical crib walls are no longer there to protect her, so now it is their job to do it. Um, which is frankly, like I'd watch that anime. That's fair. I, um, probably would too. I would definitely watch that anime. That's like my default answer on Facebook. I'm sure you've seen me. You guys have both seen me type <laughs> that a lot. I'm just like, no, I definitely would watch yes. that anime. Um, but the, the other thing is I just think it's a really cool, um, you know, the story is done in a super cool way. We play through a bunch of the story missions. Um, and it's very cool. It's a role-playing game in a box where you don't need an Dungeon Master. Um, But my favorite part about it, and this is just the mechanic that is, um, I hope everybody steals it, Um, I really don't know how else to say it, is the adventure book. Um, It is a spiral-bound book that is both the rules and the game map and the scenario all at once. On one side is a grid, or a piece of key art from a scene, or a illustration of what your challenges are. Um, and on the other page is the dungeon master like rules text. And the rules are—I mean, it's a dice game, so it's dice in a bag, Ooh. doing that stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, so you're dealing with dice pools, and you know all that kind of stuff. But um, the idea is. The dice are all kind of, rather than being, you know, this is my combat dice that I use just for my weapon. It is, it also represents other things like strength or, um, you know, it deals with that kind of genre of checks and abilities. And then yellow is about different stuff and green, et cetera, and going down the line. So there are some encounters that have no combat in them. They are, Mm -hmm. for example, there's one of them where you're in a wagon uh, trying to ride down a hill. And you have to use your dice to keep all of your friends on the wagon. Otherwise, they fall off and then you fail the encounter.
1: Um, Wow.
0: And so, um, which is super cool. And so, um, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, we stopped playing it because um, Megan, who at the time was five, was just... She was falling off a little bit and was really interested... But just when it got to the mechanics part, she didn't want to play. So we made the conscious decision, as excited as I was, like I would have soloed the thing because um, I really enjoyed it. And we decided to put it away because we wanted to wait until... Because you know, she was clearly more hype than some of the kids were. Um, we wanted to wait and, and have this be like her kind of introduction to like miniatures combat uh, because it's super <laughs> cute. Um, there's an elef- There's a stuffed elephant that fights with a mallet. Um, <laughs> that sounds um, awesome. No, it's super great. The minis um,
2: are so cute.
0: And yeah, no, this is a. It did. I, I don't think it sold as well as it should have. So I don't know if Plaid Hat is going to keep going. Um, but it's if you can grab it, grab it. I think you will. Uh, I think that folks will enjoy it. Just keep in mind, my daughter's five. She was, you know, she was into it but out of it, which I think we deal with a lot of five year olds. That's how they roll. Um,
1: that
0: is how they roll. Yep. So, um, but it's but as a result, cool thing about board games, it's not like I gotta keep a console hooked up to play it. So uh, we just leave the box on a shelf, and when she's ready, man, is that gonna be a wild time! Uh, it's super great. Um, I'll look it up on the Amazon's because I know it's there. Um, but I do hope more people take that idea. It's about fifty five dollars. Um, I really hope more companies. Um, kind of follow their lead and use that adventure book mechanic. Um, I, I want to play a Dungeons and Dragons adventure in that. Um, I just It just makes total sense. I just want all of it. Make a Dead of Winter game, hat, make a, my, a Mice and Mystics sequel, just do it all. Um, and also it's cheaper because they don't have to make cardboard stuff. Right. Ah. I like think about mice and mistakes. Right, with all like the cardboard grid pieces and everything, a lot. Re- replacing that entirely with a book, and also how easy is it to just make expansions? You just make a book. Mm-hmm. See, I'm it's like, I, it's like I know what I'm doing. So, um, so that stuff, fables. <laughs> I
1: love
0: it. Um, so Linda, let's go around yes. one more time. <clears throat> what you got okay. for me?
2: So I have a coding game. Um, so this is a game called Coder Minds, and it is a program motion game that has some sort of artificial intelligence um, aspects to it. So one of the variants allows you to sort of basically program your robot to move across the board um, all the way to the goal. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat. It has It's similar to Robot Turtles and Coder Bunnies um, that we talked about before this one of the coding games i've played and i've played a couple now this is my favorite to date this one i feel like is the cleanest Uh, the pieces were the easiest to manage the rules were the most streamlined there were a bunch of variants but not an overwhelming number so there were a lot of reasons that i thought this was sort of the the if you were going to pick one coding game i'd say go for this one even above robot turtles which up until this point has been sort of high on the list that is high Uh, praise folks it is very high praise so, um, they did a really great job with this. Um, we played a couple variants of it. We started with the easiest one where you're just trying to draw a couple cards, plan, you know, like three cards worth of action, up to three cards worth of action, and trying to get to your end goal three, up to three cards at a time to program your motion. Um, but what I liked is one of the variants and I started referring to it. You have where your robot starts, you have a goal, something to pick up and some, a place to stop as your end point. And so you try to draw cards and design your hand without going back and looking at it, which is really hard, the entire path. And then you flip everything over and you move it and see if you programmed it correctly or not. So that's it's cool. Really, it's really neat. It's hard to not have it all in front of you too. But really neat. you know getting that programming, that program motion um, skills, I mean, it's such a twenty first century skill with being able to do coding and programming.
1: i have a degree in computer
0: science
1: i understand this there we go
0: (laughs) i am so bad at program movement games fam so bad i like am embarrassingly bad like it's one of the like it is my hidden shame it's, I'm, all, I'm more, it's not really hidden because I just broadcast it to the internet, but um, <laughs> I am more ashamed of my, how bad I am at hit, uh, program movement games than I am about the fact that I've never finished Chrono Trigger. Like, that's how ashamed I am. Um, but that's okay. That's fine. I'll finish Chrono Trigger one day, but I'll never be ba- I'll never be good at program movement games. Um, part of that's because I get way too distracted and forget what I did. Um, I think that's my big issue um, I'm really I get real distracted so alright so that's Coder Minds we have a review up on the site uh, engagefamilygaming.com uh, so look up Coder Minds there's a Z on there it's not the early aughts but we still have a Z at the end so it's Coder Minds there's cute little robots in it though yep. so and the that other makes little
2: up. cool fun fact the yep. uh, board game designer is a nine year old girl so that's a Aww. cool fun fact that's Absolutely. a fun fact Aww fun fact so just a neat
0: little bonus little bonus Uh, amanda what what you got for us
1: all right so we did i we did our crunchy game something that's pretty high impact um probably my other absolute favorite game of the year last year was space park and space park is this fantastic game from Keymaster games it's an early reader game you don't need to read much a lot of it is um iconography you can play with up to four people and the whole point of it is that you're traveling the stars you're visiting exotic locations and you're earning merit badges like you were a scout of some kind so it's really a it's a quick game Um, You need to mine crystals, you turn them into badges, and you race to the first person to get to 20 points wins. And it's this fun little retro futuristic aesthetic. It's gorgeous. Um, And it's really, really easy to learn. So it's a low impact game for a bunch of different kinds of players. Like if you have a non-gamer in your household and you really want to get them to the table, Space Park is really, just, it's a it's a it's a fun game and it's immersive as heck. And my my six year old my freshly six year old absolutely loves Space Park because she doesn't have to do a ton of reading. All she has to do is take a look at numbers, and she's great with numbers. She's just not great with reading yet. So okay, yeah. So Space Park is a ton of fun. We played that for the first time um, also at PAX Unplugged. I think I think that was one of our haul from PAX Unplugged. And man. That is the gift that keeps on giving.
2: All
0: right. Space Park. You guys had quite the haul from PAX Unplugged. Um,
1: Oh, my goodness. You guys can go check out my Twitter for that information. There is... Oh, my God. We came home with so so many many. games.
0: I think you came home with almost as many as um, uh, Rob from Pawn's perspective. um, Because... Man, they, listen, you got when you ask for review copies of games, they give them to you. That's how it works. I'm I was sad that I missed it. <laughs> um you next gotta come year. You got to hang with me, dude. You come hang
1: with me. <sighs> next year. Next year.
0: Next year we're going to go. We just it, it this was uh I was still recovering from unemployment. Yeah. Um in Philadelphia is not cheap, but we'll make it work. Um so um, I'll go to my last one then. So that's Space Park. It's thirty bucks. Pretty inexpensive. Um, it says fourteen plus. Sounds like don't be intimidated by that. I think that's probably don't for be. the license. It's the standard issue licensing thing. They just didn't want to make yeah. it a toy. They didn't want to yeah. pay the money to make it a toy. I did it. That's normal.
1: and they don't want to turn it into like an educational kind of game. But yeah, you don't have to be fourteen years old to play this game. It's so low impact.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a good way of phrasing that. We'll probably have to steal that moving forward because yeah, we we've <laughs> definitely run into the. This says that it's for thirteen year olds, but really, guys, it's not. It's just they did that for because they didn't want to pay the money to get it inspected as a toy. So that's a movie. That's, uh, that's a thing. All right, so I'm gonna I think I'm gonna close it off um, by uh, with my third game. Um, unless you guys are super excited to talk about something afterwards, um, I want to talk about Fireball Freaking Island. Okay. Um, okay. Um, full disclosure: I did work to the booth. Linda and I both worked the booth for Restoration Games um, last year at PAX Unplugged. Um, so, like, I know them, but whatever. It's a super rad game. But just for sake of disclosure, I did work the booth. Um, go figure. It's really easy to sell. Fireball Island, especially when you're not charging for it. Um, so <laughs> I was just trying to get people to sign up for a mailing list. It worked. Um, Fireball Island is freaking awesome. Okay. That's all. That, that's the beginning piece of this. Um, the, when they set out to create this monstrosity, what they wanted to do was create the game that we remembered, not the game that we played. Um, and that is what they did. Um, Fireball Island from the eighties and early nineties was a giant mess. It was expensive. It was a roll and move and nobody plays those anymore. Um, it was, uh, did I mention expensive? Um, the reality is most of the people who have played it, played it at a friend's house or something like that. Like not a lot of people got it. And that's one of Mm -hmm. the reasons why it was out of print and they stopped making it and supporting it. Um, Because it was at a time when board games were, you know, you paid almost nothing for a copy of Monopoly or Sorry or Parcheesi or whatever. You didn't play, you didn't, it's not like today where. You hear about a board game, and you're like, oh, $100. Well, there's a lot of figs in that, so it's fine. Um, a, like, this was an expensive board game, and parents were like, what are you talking about? This is just fancy Monopoly. I'm not going to spend that kind of money on it. So um, so they modernized it, um, and it is bright and colorful and interesting, and so you can roll brilliant. fireball marbles at your children, um, and not literally at them, at their characters on the board. Um this We're is, monsters. um, it is... I, so, essentially, the idea is there's the island that is inhabited by Volcar, um, which is the giant, like, crazy volcano-headed thing at the top of it. And the idea is you are playing cards to move your dudes around the map, trying to catch these various idols, trying to take pictures, etc. Um, get the treasures and they get back to the helicopter and get out. And you're earning points while doing so, more or less. Um... That's the game. Like it's really simple. You're moving cards, moving spaces. There are some complications because you have to deal with the fact that there are marbles that you're rolling all over the place. Um, and that sounds like it's gonna be more complicated, but it's really it's really not. It because it's it just is intended to add a little bit of randomness to it, but it's not much more complicated. It's just a little random. <coughs> um and it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, it can be played by you know, a wide age range. Linda, did you have your boys today? So was even the youngest able to get in on this one?
2: Oh, the youngest was in wholeheartedly. Like he had an absolute blast. Not too hard for him at all. Um, We had to just do some read, help him read the cards. But that's not a big deal. Easy enough. Actually, it was I had my youngest and my niece, who's only a couple months older than him. So two six-year-olds playing it when we were up at the in-laws for pre-Christmas, and they picked it right up. It was no trouble at all for them. So accessibility-wise, we just had to read the cards to them. And the cards are short, and it's easy to facilitate that. makes total sense. They had an absolute blast.
0: Um, I mean, this is one of those things where just table appeal is... It, it man, this game it certainly looks great on a table. It looks great on an Instagram account. Um, I'll tell you that much. Um, so um, not yeah, that that matters. T- not that that matters to anyone, but really like the three of us and you know. But so um, it is. Uh, it is available. It is. I, I will say this game is not cheap. Um, that is the downside. However, um, just look up. Just look up fireball island on instagram or look up images online you'll see what we mean this board is big the game is cool um you know if you and you know your kids are into just big flashy just kind of cool looking things this is the coolest looking game i think i have ever played um I I don't really feel like there's any other contenders just because I mean, it's intended to just look freaking rad. Um, so yeah, Fireball Island, um, it's $75. I mean, it's hard to ignore that, right? That is a lot of money. However, um, it's a cool accessible game where you get to roll fireballs at your siblings. I mean, how is that not a selling feature for your, for your kids? I don't know.
1: I want to throw fireballs at my children. I
0: mean, their characters. Yeah. For real, for real. So that's Fireball (laughs) Island. Specifically, it's Fireball Island: The Curse of Volcar. Um, Volcar. Now, my understanding is they hit one of the they hit the appropriate stretch goal where uh, Rob Daviau is creating a Dungeons and Dragons game uh, module set on this island.
1: I don't think that's been released yet. No, um, not
0: as far as I know. I asked him, um, I tried to get him uh, to, because I, I asked Rob if he would run it for me um, as a birthday gift. Um, and he told me uh, no, because it wouldn't be done before my birthday, um, uh-huh. which made me sad. Uh, but I'm going to make him run that game for me. Um, he, he may not be listening, but he, he will run it for me one day. Um, so, um, or, or maybe I'll just... Run it for my kids, and that'll be fine. Um, so that's Fireball Island, the Curse of Volcar. Do either of you have any other games that are like that you absolutely OMG must mention?
1: Um, I probably do. Yes. Okay.
0: So you you have I, I yield the floor to you.
1: Okay, this is my last game, and I absolutely love this game too. And it's a little bit higher impact than Space. That's Park. okay. Um. And it's called My Little Scythe. My Little Scythe. Oh,
0: perfect edition this year.
1: I love My Little Scythe. It is a way, way, way more accessible version of, well, Scythe. 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 is a big, beefy game that takes a dog's age to play. It's very complicated. It's rich and beautiful. And it's such a satisfying experience. But, oh, my goodness, it takes forever. And it's not cute. It's very depressing and kind of sad. But... My Little Scythe is a kiddo-friendly version of Scythe that was put together by um, Jamie Stegmeier. Or sorry, not Jamie Stegmaier. Uh That was the original designer of the game. It was put together by, oh my goodness, what is her name? Vienna Chow and her dad. They put together a My Little Pony version of Scythe, and they called it My Little Scythe. So Hasbro ended up purchasing the rights to it and republishing it for them in a broader context, but it's not My Little Pony, which is kind of sad because we're big My Little Pony fans in this household. In fact, I have a pony on my desk right here.
0: Is that rarity?
1: <laughs> That's rarity. This is my pony. Um, anyway, so yeah, we've been watching My Little Pony for a long time in this household with all the kids. So My Little Side is a game of friendship. I'm throwing pies, and... Figuring out what kind of what kind of badges you want to get at the end of at the end of the game because the the game is you know you have a, you have two seekers and on any turn you get to choose one of three upgradable actions you can move you can seek which adds resources to the board or you can make which is using the resources that your seekers control to create magic spells pies or power ups for your actions. And the goal of the game is to earn four of eight possible trophies before any of the other players. It includes things like raising your friendship to a high level by helping other players, boosting your pie stock, which you have food fights with other players. Um, You can upgrade your basic actions a couple times, have a pie fight. Like, there's a bunch of different things that you can do. And... It's a game of balance. It's strategic, but it's a low-impact strategic game. It's one of those things like it's Baby's first strategy game. It was Vivi's first strategy game, my it, you know, my youngest daughter. She's never played a strategy game before, and she loves My Little Scythe because she gets to throw pies at her brothers, and it makes her really happy. So, I'm down with that. My Little Scythe is unbelievably fun, and you can paint the minis as well. I've been dying to sit down and, and paint these minis for, for ages and ages. Um, but if you've been thinking about picking up Scythe for yourself, skip it, skip it and get my little Scythe, because it's way, way more fun to play with your kids. And obviously you can't really play like the full version of Scythe with your children. Cause it is just, it's a lot. There are a lot of rules there. My little Scythe doesn't have a lot of rules. It's being friends and throwing pies and gathering gems and stuff like that. So Yeah. Super, super fun, low impact, minimal reading. So you can let your pre-readers play with you. Um, And they don't necessarily need to have somebody on their team to read the cards because there's lots, it's heavy on symbology. So I'm always very sensitive to that because V's like, I can't read yet. I don't want to play this game. It's going to make me read and I don't want anyone on my team. I want to do it by myself. So she's very sensitive to that. But she learns things very quickly. So anyway, My Little Scythe is my game of the year. My board game game of the year that's kid friendly is my little side so I wanted to make sure that you know this little girl and her dad got mad props for getting Hasbro to take notice of their game
0: sounds great to me um yeah the the whole story of how it all came like came out like the when the the print and play like packet for my little like the my little pony version came out I was like I saw it and I was like oh this is gonna be awesome for like a week (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and then they're gonna get a DMCA, and then they're gonna get a DMCA, and it's like, oh well, they're not charging for it, so like maybe. And then I was like, oh, but hashtag Hasbro, um, you know, Hasbro, does, Hasbro does not play. Um, they do not. So I, but I, but those rules are still out there, um, and I actually, um, I actually kind of want to like buy and build. That version, not that I dislike this one, but just because I want to play it where I get to play is Rarity. Um, so that's
1: totally understandable, yeah.
0: So, like, it's that's why it. I
1: have Rarity on my desk, I know.
0: Well, no, Rarity is my favorite. We've been over this on the podcast before, I don't know why it came up, but um, she's my girl. Um, so, um, that's a tangent we don't need to go on. Linda's heard this story a dozen times, um, and it's yep. fine. I'll I'll explain it on my business on our business meeting. Um, but Excellent. the um, but no, I just I, I part of me just kind of wants to build the original version. We have My Little Scythe. I actually haven't played it. Um, and you should definitely play it. I know. Of course, I should. Um, Next
2: game day once the game room's done.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, one the the goal, Yeah, we we need to start having those. Um, yes, you just need to like have a house that's like fully stapled together.
2: I'm it's working getting there. on it.
0: You're, I mean, listen, the, the guy was there working on it. The dude was there working on a Sunday. They're certainly not exactly slowing down. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I am fully in support of My Little Scythe being your uh, board game of the year. Um, we didn't do board game of the year uh, awards this year, uh, but I think part of that was just because of the... We didn't get it done before we shut down for 2018 because we close up shop the last two weeks of the year because families and holidays are important. Um, we'll focus, make, we'll make sure that we get that done before we shut down next year. Mm. Um, so I think that's it, guys. I think we made it. We, we did, did it. it. We did the thing. All right, everybody. That was episode 159 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Um, we're going to be back next week where Amanda and I are going to talk about our most anticipated video games of 2019. Um, spoiler alert, I'm just going to yell about Kingdom Hearts for about five minutes. I'll warn you and then you can fast forward if you want. Um, I'm going to yell about
1: Kingdom Hearts for about five minutes at the same time. So we're going right, to be talking over each other a lot.
0: That's fine. It'll be great. Um the um, So yeah, that's, that's, that's next week. Um, but in the meantime, I do wanna ask a favor. Every one of us that's listening knows somebody that needs to hear this podcast. Maybe they don't know they need to hear this podcast. In fact, if they probably don't because you know how that all works. What I, here's what I want you to do. If you're listening, I want you to find that person and have them listen. Send them a link, get them to subscribe. Do whatever you gotta do that's nice. Um, And encourage them to listen because um, the three of us are fun to listen to. I like to think so. Um, And a bigger audience means more access. You know the the drill. It's a standard issue thing. If you don't want to do that, at least leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. Both of those things would be the best Christmas gift you could possibly leave us in the world. Um, With the exception of one last thing, maybe join us in our Facebook community. That's EngageFamilyGaming.com slash community. Um, We have cool conversations every day and there were a bunch of active parents that talk about the games our kids play um and the games that we have played um and we have cool discussions so amanda um it occurred to me that i never gave you an opportunity to tell people where they could find you on the internet
1: oh i'm everywhere on the internet i so, do use google my name actually don't google my yeah, name You probably find things that you don't want to find um so you can find me on twitter i am a prolific user of the Twitters. I'm at Amanda Farrow. My last name is spelled F-A-R-O-U-G-H. And I'm on there daily. You can find me on uh, superparent.com with my new column, Super Parenting. I just released our second column, I guess, of Super Parenting where I am giving advice on how to talk to your kids about YouTube because it's a very important topic. So that's where i hang out um and you can also find me i'm on youtube as well for super parent i do ready player mom which is my mixer stream um so that's mixer.com superparent i do that every friday at 1 30 p.m eastern time and we just play games together and they're really chill games that are usually rated anywhere between e and t we never play anything that's you know rated m or anything like that because we want your kiddos to be able to sit down with you and everything is very wholesome there's no swearing um i'm just hanging out and playing video games and talking about it so you can find me everywhere
0: <laughs> um and our it's worth noting that our audience will be aware of that article from super parent because i shared it in our facebook community um again that's com slash community uh linda you are um, Mom, what is it? What is your Twitter handle again? I follow you. I can't.
2: I, <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay, so my Twitter handle, and I want to make sure I say it right because it's a little weird. it's Mom's stories. So the two things that are plural because you know things were taken that I wanted, like they do. Um, so it's Mom's underscore stories. So that's my Twitter handle. I'm trying to be more active on Twitter. Um, trying to cross post a little more. Um, I'm more prolific on Instagram and that handle is um, dragonrose720. So you'll find all of the wonderful renovation pictures, photo logged, plus um, lots of game photos, occasional classroom photos um, of my first grade classroom, Sands the children, I'm very careful. I don't take any photographs of my students that get posted online. Um, but you might see my chickens that hatched in the spring Um, from science and things like that. So, fun stuff.
0: And everybody knows where to find me because I am the brand. So if you look for me, um, you can find me. uh, That's at ef gaming on Twitter or Engage Family Gaming literally everywhere else. Um, So, folks, this has been an awesome episode. Thank you very much for listening to us. We will see you next week for video game time. And until then, don't forget... To get your family game on. We'll see you next time. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. Oh, we did it. We did the thing.
1: Thank you for listening to Engage, a family gaming podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in
2: next week.